0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen! The following contest is scheduled for 60 minutes! Give me a hell yeah! Oh my god! The just exploded!
1: I apologize, Thank you son of a bubbly! I'm better than you, and you know it!
2: After three long months, finally, the number one wrestling podcast in the UK is back. Good evening, one and all, a very warm welcome to season three, episode one of Monday Night Gore. Now, back in March, we feared that our show would never air again. But thanks to the wonders of modern technology, specifically Zoom, we are here and we are ready. We, be myself, Andy Goldman, being joined virtually. My first, my very good friend, Mr Rob Edwards. Rob, how are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm good, Andy. It's good to be back. It's been a long time since we've been able to sit in this group environment, virtually, of course, and discuss wrestling. So it's good to be back, and there's a lot for us to talk about, of course. So it's great Absolutely. to be back. Absolutely.
2: Right yeah. you are. And of course, wearing his, his hat today is Mr Connor Farrity. Conor, how are you doing? Good
0: evening, Andy. Good evening, Rob. Oh, brilliant to be back, isn't it, boys? We were sitting there in the studio in March, thinking it was all over. But we're back, we're back, and, and so much to talk about as well. I mean, you know, we've missed so much, and we need to update our listeners to what's going on, because so much has happened.
2: So much has happened. Yeah, the world of wrestling has changed dramatically due to the uh, global pandemic that was going on. Of course, um, I'm sure I echo you, lads, in saying that we hope all our listeners from around the world are staying safe, and, um, yeah, we certainly hope that you have found uh, this recent period as stressful as possible we hope to alleviate any stress you may be feeling with a bit of good old wrestling chat you know of course please do follow us on social media on twitter at monday night gore that's capital m capital N, capital G. where we keep you updated with all the things that us allowed will be doing we'll add some polls for future episodes and uh, yeah we we'll want to hear your feedback and maybe even get some of you involved in the show uh, but for this episode i think there's only really one place to talk about one place to start and that is with backlash the pay-per-view that occurred last night, emanating from the performance sensor. It was the 15th Backlash in WWE history, and uh, we'll go through the card, but we're going to go through specifics about each feud, each member of the roster that had a match on the card, where we think they are, because a lot has changed since March the 15th, which was our last episode that we, uh, that we, that we filmed. So, uh, Conor, I'll start with you. Your broad thoughts on the show Backlash before we get into the nitty gritty. Um, I thought Backlash was, was very good, actually, Andy. Um, I, I wasn't
0: too sure because I thought at the start of um, this pandemic, I, I had a feeling that WWE may sort of cut may, potentially a few of their pay-per-views because obviously there's no crowd. you know. May, potentially maybe they got some more subscribers on the network, which was one of the reasons that they kept it up. But I was a little bit worried that it would all sort of get a bit repetitive. And um, as we noticed a couple of weeks ago, they brought in some T superstars and Performance Center superstars uh, to make a crowd, to give a bit more of an atmosphere. And I felt that sort of helped this pay-per-view because as good as, as WrestleMania was and, and Money in the Bank, apart from uh, the actual Money in the Bank matches, there was a bit of a lack of an atmosphere. And I was a little bit worried. And I thought the way they sort of bigged up this main event, which we will come to, um, I thought they needed something to make it stand out. And I thought they did very well. Again, I thought it was another good pay-per-view. And I actually feel that since we've sort of come off, um, off of the crowd and into this pandemic, I feel like WWE have got their storylines back together, really, don't they? I mean, we were sitting there before even looking at the WrestleMania card, weren't we? And we were thinking there's some, some storylines and matches in there that we weren't really invested in. And now I feel like it's in a really good place.
2: Yeah, echoing those statements. Um, Rob, I'll come to you next. In terms of the general presentation of shows, ever since this started, behind closed doors, have you, do you feel like the actual content, the in-ring content, the story content has actually improved from the state it was before the pandemic to where it is now? Do you think the storytelling, the in-ring uh, activities have improved?
1: Yeah, I do. I echo exactly what Connor said. Though. I think they've realised, well, you've kind of happened to the situation with Panthers and no crowd. They have to be more creative in some matches. For Backlash, of course, the main draw was the Randy Orton Edge calling it the greatest wrestling match of all time. That was the draw. They have had to be more creative. And as Connor said, I think the storytelling has improved a lot. I've enjoyed watching perhaps Smackdown a bit more than Raw, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit more depth. But as I said, it's come a long way and I'm, I'm enjoying watching WWE again, which perhaps I wasn't saying that towards the back end of when we went into this pandemic, when both shows were lacking in content, to be honest.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, 15th Backlash in WWE history. We'll get straight onto the card. There were seven in total, one on the pre-show. Uh, we'll touch on the pre-show very quickly. It was the United States Championship match between Apollo Crews, the new champion Taken on the former champion, Andrade. Instead of talking about the match, we, we know that uh, Apollo re- won this match, he retained his title. I want to get your thoughts, lads, on Apollo being US champion. Now, forever an underutilized superstar. He's been on the main roster for, I up about five, four or five years now, and he's never, ever won a singles title. All of a sudden, within a few weeks, he was built and built, and suddenly beat Andrade. Uh, got a good reception from those in attendance. Um, do you think that, Conor, I'll start with you. Do you think that this title win has only come about as a result of the pandemic and less wrestlers being available, or do you think he was always going to win a title like this? Well, it's a very,
0: very weird situation, isn't it, Andy? Because he's he's a um, an athlete that is constantly talked up by the likes of Cole Corey. Whenever he he comes on on commentary, they're saying he's a great athlete. We've always seen the raw power and potential that he has, but he's always been that that superstar that's there. To lose really, and, and to get other people up the ladder, so to speak. And I was reading an interesting uh, article the other day about how Paul Heyman was really invested in him, and he was basically on SmackDown, wasn't up to much, wasn't doing anything. And Paul Heyman saw potential, brought him over to Raw, and he had that fantastic match. I think it was against Alistair Black, was it? it was right. Match. And and I was sitting there going, wow, what they're doing to Apollo Cruz is fantastic, and they built him up, built him up. I don't know what you boys think. I'd like to get your opinion. But I thought Andrade as the champ was getting a bit stale. I was thinking, I look at that trio. Well, it's not trio anymore because obviously Austin Theory's gone off elsewhere. But I look at Angel Garza as the star over Andrade now, which I didn't really at the start. And I thought it was getting a little bit stale. And I thought it was a nice moment for Apollo Crews. But you make a very good point, Andy. And it's a question I don't know if I can answer is, is it only because of the pandemic and the lack of superstars being used? I would say yes, but it now gives him a scope to show, actually, no, I've got the talent and I can be US champion for a long time.
2: Because he was used in these, in these bit dodgy storylines, we saw him in Titus Worldwide, yeah, which we all enjoyed. I think we can agree, it was, it was a fun little story between Titus, Apollo, Dana Brooke got involved hooray, as well. hurrah hurrah, hurrah exactly, we all enjoyed <laughs> it, we did enjoy it, but... Has his career up to this point, and I know you've been watching it for only a couple of years, Rob, but I'm sure you can tell from you know, the start of his career yeah. on the main roster, he hasn't quite hit any heights yet. Do you think it's all kind of a bit too soon? Or do you think it has been bubbling from when you've been watching the product, which was around the Rumble 2019?
1: I've not seen enough of him, to be honest, Andy. I've, I've heard from people, and you have said the talent's there. I've not seen anything. And then suddenly, I think it was pretty much after WrestleMania, he was suddenly just drafted to Raw, which mm. kind of touched on there was perhaps to do with Paul Heyman. And it was was a great moment when he won the United States title. But I agree with what Connor said. I feel if there were more superstars available, it might not have happened. But the Andrade situation, he shot himself in the foot. because He disappeared for a month or so when he got, was it drug-related or something? What did he do? I can't quite remember. Yeah, something to do with that. So he shot himself in the foot and he had become stale as a champion. He was being outshone by Angel Garza, who filled in briefly when we still doing live shows. Just done more than them, to be honest. So the change needed to happen. But it would be interesting to see um, how long it has the title for. I'm not sure personally be would be too that, that long because WWE's known to drop the titles very dramatically. Well, there was no build-up to their match. Was there just Apollo Crews the titles drop them on a Raw? Standard, really, which has come the standard with the US Championship for a while now. it would be interesting to see how long it keeps for. But it was a great moment for Apollo, as to be said. It was a very yeah. good moment.
2: Although, yeah, it would be nice to see him maybe on a, on the actual main show. Because so I don't know how many people stay for the, the pre-show. I'm not sure how many people tune in for that. I think most people will go straight yeah. to exactly. the, uh, the main show.
0: I only tuned in on it because I knew we were doing this. That yeah. was the only
2: reason. So I would totally understand why the people wouldn't as well. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, speaking, we'll slightly digress here. This is some you know external news. We talked about Paul Heyman there. He was the creative director in charge of Monday Night Raw for a good few months. Um, and the news coming out recently is that he's been ousted out of that role. He will no longer serve as creative director of Monday Night Raw. That role will instead be passed over to Bruce Pritchard, aka Brother Love, who was in charge of SmackDown. He will now oversee both creative teams, at least um, until they shows can get back on their feet in terms of live attendance. But we think that is, um, for now, that's a permanent change. Bruce Pritchard in charge of both those. We said it ourselves last, we have this little group chat on, uh, on Snapchat where we talk about wrestling. Uh, We did talk about this, and we seem to be of a common mind. Rob, I'll come to you first. We seem to be of a common mind that SmackDown the past couple of months has been vastly better than Raw. Ratings in the US suggest that. Ratings on Fox are getting far better ratings than they are on USA, where Raw is held. Do you think this is the right decision? What do you think of Paul Heyman's tenure in charge of Monday Night Raw? Because I it started brilliantly. Do you remember when um, Bobby Lashley and uh, Strowman went through the stage? It all all looked amazing, and it sort of heated slightly. Where do you see this? He's had highs
1: and lows, lows being the, the Lashley-Lana wedding, and that's a low point. But he has some, had some great highs, but it has started to dip recently. Raw, they're not bad shows. They're not bad shows in a long way. But I feel SmackDown is certainly doing a lot more with only the time they have, which is an hour and a half, whereas Raw has got over two hours' worth of time. And I believe the content that SmackDown is showing is just superior at the moment. The storylines are being built so much better than Raw. I, well, I'm a huge Paul Heyman fan, but maybe the change was correct. As we're seeing, that Bruce Pitchard is doing such good things with SmackDown without the live audience. So perhaps it probably is a good decision, to be honest.
2: Do you agree, with Connor, in terms of Rob mentioned the, the length of the shows? Obviously, Raw's a three hour show, not including adverts. Same with SmackDown being two hours, not including adverts, about an hour and a half, uh, take them away. What do you think of that aspect of it? Do you think Raw is just too long to be that good? You know, is it
0: stretching too thin? I, I do, Andy. I think it, I think it's too long, and I think to keep um, her, people's attention span that high for that long is very, very difficult. I think SmackDown, you got a shorter amount of time. You know, I think on the last SmackDown, there was only a, what was it, three matches, three or four matches, or something. Yeah. And and you know that was all you needed because you you had the attention there, and and you, you know you you kept interested in it. I think Raw's just a little bit too long, Andy. And, I, and I sometimes I feel like it's getting very repetitive as well with the superstars. And listen, I know some, I know this, is, this isn't their fault during the pandemic. Some superstars can't get there. But I just feel like we're going round and round in circles now. You know, Drew McIntyre's beaten Seth Rollins. He's beaten Bobby Lashley. Now who? Do you know what I mean? You're looking a bit thin on the ground now, aren't you? I, think, I also think with what Bruce Pritchard's done for SmackDown lately because remember when SmackDown started on Fox and we were sitting there going, "Wow, this is this is dreadful. Why on yeah. earth have they done that?" Right. And he's totally lifted it. He's lifted it to a whole new level now with Otis, his Money in the Bank. You know, Braun Strowman is Universal Champion. Two things that people want to see. You know, even with Miz and Morrison having a bit of a laugh and, and joking around, like doing their pranks and stuff, which I th- which I found hilarious. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys <clears throat> feel the same. So I think it's a good move. I feel a bit sorry for Paul Heyman, but you know. He'll still be, I'm pretty sure he'll still be advocate for Brock Lesnar when he makes his inevitable return. So it's not the end for Paul Heyman.
2: Can either of you two guess how long Raw has been three hours for? No. Make a guess.
1: 2016
2: time. Connor? I'd say earlier than that, about 2012. Oh, bang on, Connor. 2012. So it's been three hours for over eight. Years, yeah, it's been lasting that's for a long, time. a long time. It started with Raw 1000, the 1000th episode of Raw. I assumed it was just going to be like a, a one night, three hour show. They often did those, you know, three hour special of Raw. Now it's every week, eight, eight years, it's a long time. I right. think now, you l-
1: lose interest, you can be as big a wrestling fan as you want, but through, at times in Raw, you're sat there and you're not paying attention to everything that's going
2: on. You really no. can't, it's far too long. Yeah, to pick and choose. That's why I'm happy we live in the UK and we can record these shows and walk, not watch yeah, them live yeah, yeah. because That's I don't right. know if I could. Um, but there we go. Uh, now we'll go straight back to Backlash. Uh, match number two. This was for the women's tag team titles. It was, of course, the champions, Banks and Bailey, and they defeated the Iconics and Nikki and uh, Alexa. Sorry, the <laughs> former tag team channels. I get confused. I certainly many names to come up with them. But, yes. We, of course, since we've been on the air, those titles have been hot potatoed around and now it is Banks and Bailey who have them. Uh, let's talk about this because I know there's a few that we're enjoying. And Connor, before we went on the air, um, when I was going for the running of the show, you uh, mentioned that Banks and Bailey storyline you're really enjoying. Um, can you elaborate why? I can, Andy, because I just think it's another, it's another piece so that when
0: this inevitable, break, inevitable breakup happens, it's just going to be even better. Because you're looking at it now, they're tag team champions, they think they're best friends, and then something's going to go wrong. Something's going to tip over the edge. And, and, you know, I was saying to you before we came on air, Rob, you'll hear it now, you've noticed that Sasha's picking up the victories for them at the moment. And Bailey's sort of being thrown out or looks out of the match and on the side. And then Sasha will pick up the win. And bailey has been throwing Sasha under uh, under the bus constantly as well with it. They successfully defended tonight. They'll go on to NXT on Wednesday, where you presume they will successfully defend again, build it up to come back to SmackDown, and then who knows what happens. So they can keep this sort of building up, and and you can slowly start to see the divides that, that are happening as well in there. And I just think it's really, really well told. I think, again, like Rob said, they were very quick for Bliss and Cross to drop it, the title. I mean, they came out one week. Sasha beat Alexa in a one-on-one and then all of a sudden they have a match the next week and then they win the titles and it all felt a little bit a little bit quick and a little bit thrown in but I think if they can just keep building that up keep building it up and and I like that they're going to Raw I like that they're going to NXT I like that they're going to SmackDown you know you can't forget about it it's a storyline that's going to stick with you and I think that inevitable turn is just going to be epic hopefully they can hold it out until the crowd come back because I think it'd be something that needs I was I
1: was literally just going it, to it, when the match happens and it needs to be in a live a live crowd. It should be. It deserves a live crowd. That match. I've, I assume. Well, I would imagine Summer The plan, probably, you would have thought. But I would. I wouldn't be surprised if we still don't have live audiences come August. To be honest with you, especially how the situation is in the United States. But yeah,
0: it's it's, it's tough for us to say, isn't it? Because yeah. We're not in America at the moment, we don't know. But it seems like everything is starting to reopen over there. Whether live crowds will obviously be mm. one of the last things that come in, but fingers crossed if yeah. everything starts to slowly go down, that'll be able to happen. But I think that, like I was saying there, you have to wait for a live crowd for that because that yeah. is
2: just so epic in front of a live crowd. It seems to me that this feud, the uh, well, this story, shall we say, between Banks and Bailey, it's almost like saying sorry for their feud a year or so ago do you remember that where they were sort of friends but they weren't friends they were both faces at the time and it was really badly done they went for that you know session with the psychiatrist it was all a bit dodgy it seems to me like they're trying to say now okay forget that happened we're going to tell it properly this time i mean rob i mean you've been bailey's biggest fans you started watching the product She's got two championships now. She's just, she's like Becky. She called herself Bailey Two Straps or maybe and Double Straps. straps. Her. I don't something. Duster Straps. Doth Straps. That's it. Connor, yeah. That's influence in there. Uh, that's it. Do you think that she's underrated, or do you feel like she's being stretched um, too thin? What do you think? Because you know this, um, this heel run. She is good as a heel. She's getting. She's she's getting. She's into improving. It in my she is. She is. But she is. Do you but, think um, it's too much? What do you reckon?
1: Not too much. Because at the end of the day, I think you take. Bailey and Banks off SmackDown, and the women's division is um, pretty weak. Yes. Well, it is. there's it's nothing. It really isn't much if you take those out of the equation. It really isn't. They're building up people like Sonia and Lacey, but it's Banks and Bailey who are top of the tree at the moment, and that's why when that match happens, it will be so big because they are the top two women on that division. But no, I think she's, she, as you said, Annie. She's improving as a heel. We all criticised her at the start when it was back in October that she she left behind the old Bailey buddies and became this heel persona almost but touching on what you said they, they completely butchered it in 2018 so I wasn't really watching it that then but I've gone through and seen it and my god it's it's awful what, what mm. happened that storyline but because the match they've had some brilliant matches obviously everyone will recall their match at NXT TakeOver in 2015 Man match, which was as you said match totally year later. Later. there it is Andy which was unbelievable so fans have been wanting to see it for so long and I think they're just being extremely careful. The story, as Connor said, it's bubbling, it's bouncing along nicely. They're keeping it going, it's just a case of how long they can keep it going, and hopefully, they can drag it out until there are live witnesses. Which I think they I think it's got plenty of mileage. The story, Definitely. they can go a while with it, they can hold these tag titles for a little while. We've obviously Bliss and Cross. I think it's given the title of Bailey and Banks, it's for the benefit of their storyline. Bliss and Cross, I don't really know where they're going at the moment. I don't dislike Bliss as a face, but I just feel they've been a duo for what, I think it's a year now, because it was Money in the Bank last year when Bliss couldn't compete, Cross took her place. So they've been a duo, and it's just, I feel it's got a bit stale, to be honest. They wouldn't mind seeing one turn on the other. I think you can have a good story out of that, to be honest. I think they'd have a good match, so.
2: Well, you in the SmackDown Women's Division being a bit... Uh, L- Luster, if you were to take out Bailey and Sasha, that's why Bliss, was a big name in the women's division, if she was to be put on her own again, that would maybe help balance <laughs> out a little bit, so it wasn't just Banks to Bailey. Um, But very quickly, just a yes or no from both you two, if they were to do this turn, would we assume that Banks would be face and Bailey stay heel? Oh yeah, you would have thought so. I don't yeah. know who's going to turn
1: on each, because I, th- I feel like they... They plant the seeds that Banks would do, it, but I wonder if Bailey
0: might do it. Yeah, because I just think like Bailey's slowly but surely getting better at her role as a heel. Yeah. You're starting to see it more now. So I think to cut it short so soon when she's like growing into the role would be very silly. I think you should keep her. But like Rob said, maybe it'd be a nice little a nice little switch if Bailey turned on Sasha when everyone expects Sasha yeah. to turn on Bailey. Yeah. It's, it's, and it, would, it would elevate her heel status even further.
1: Which would it help. will. It... Will happen. It's the fact that I don't really know who's going to turn on each and I don't know when it's going to happen. But it will happen, I think. But that's
0: is. good, isn't it? It's
2: good that we yeah. don't know when. We don't and
0: we want don't want know, know
1: it.
2: when it's going to happen. No, of course. So they're doing their job right. We can't call it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, third match on the card. This, now, this, this was interesting. So this is Seamus taking on Jeff Hardy. Um, now a good match. First of all, very good match. Uh, Seamus yeah. winning. Um, probably yeah. the right call for now. Yeah. What do we think of this feud? Because in my opinion, history tells me, and have watched this product for a long time, when you put real life issues and turmoil on television, in a storyline, it hurts that performer, and it's not nice. They've done it before plenty of times for the alcohol-related issues. In WCW, they did it with Scott Hall. In WWE, they did it in the late 90s with a wrestler called Hawk, who since passed away from drug issues, um, where they presented him as an alcoholic on TV. I don't like it, personally. I think it's too real, and I think it might hinder that performance, the real person, their recovery. Connor, I know these storylines for you are often a bit hit and miss. You're not a huge fan, perhaps, of those, these kind of stories. What do you think of this one, where Jeff Hardy's been set up in an attempt to maybe kill Elias with his drink driving or something? Where do you fall on this? Andy, I,
0: I echo your sentiments exactly. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but wasn't Jeff Hardy's last stint away from WWE because of drink driving and yep. drugs as well? Yep. He also struggled to get back on the straight and narrow, spent some time in prison, and that was why WWE basically had to write him out. Mm-hmm. He then suddenly comes back after, what, a few weeks, maybe months almost being sober, and then suddenly they chuck him into this into this storyline. I just think it's incredibly insensitive and not needed. They could have easily done a storyline about Michael Cole uh, bringing up, uh, sorry, bigging up, should I say, um, Jeff Hardy in front of Sheamus and then Sheamus lose it via that and then turn around and say well what has he done he's been away for ages and maybe just reference it don't base the whole storyline on it way too far and the rubbish that they did on Smackdown on Friday with the urine sample and the doctors and everything I, I just I find it very like you said Andy I find oh, it very very wow. insensitive and it's two fantastic athletes who could have easily had a better feud and could have left that on the side on, I'm I'm hearing. Hearing. it
1: was massive How How they expect me to believe they really no. reduce that much
0: I yeah, mean, yeah.
1: touched on it, but it was a lot of urine in that. You little don't way. need that much for a
0: no. sample.
1: <laughs> Stupid. Like, as I, said, I was excited because they planted the seed ages ago for having a feud, and I said to you boys, I'd be, I'd be into that. Something a bit different. I'm sure they'd have a good match, and they did have a good match. But it was a great match. I felt uncomfortable watching over the last few weeks. A lot of the time, I can't imagine Jeff was too keen on the idea when it was presented to him. Can't imagine he was too keen on it at all. But at the end of the day, he's still got quite a bit of time left with WWE due to the injuries he's had since he's returned, sadly. So he's probably not got much choice in the matter. But yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it was a strange story. We, we bigged up SmackDown towards the start of this podcast. But that, yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's too well
2: with me, the story. Just honestly, think it's there. too close to real life. Yeah. And too soon. Too soon. Also, it, it, it was also a, a part part way to write a last of TV because Elias has an injury so it's a way of getting off TV with a logical storyline that oh that's happened and that's why he's not competing yeah. but at the same time begs the question why? <laughs> why ha- why bring Elias into- why, why not just have Elias take a bump or something or say that someone took him out because now yeah. now you're <laughs> dealing with like a vehicular attempted murder charge yeah. and they said Seamus came out of the car it was a ginger bloke and things like that and they bring in, like, real-life crime to WWE. I think, what? how is this possible? What, what's going on? It, it baffles my mind. It really does. It's not needed. It really um, it's really not needed. But, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like it's, it's touching too close. Maybe in, if it was in 10 years since his last discretion, maybe you could sort of what mingle it. It's literally a few months since his last yeah. indiscretion. So, not for me. It's not for me either. Not for me. Unless there's a big blow-off match soon where Jeff Hardy wins, then you know that'll be fine.
1: But otherwise, I, I really like the match, which is a shame. Oh, no, great match! Very good. There's, as Connor said, they're two men who I still believe have a lot to give to the industry. Sheamus is in great shape, and Jeff Hardy will always have great matches, but they just ruined it with a just a strange and very uncomfortable feud for those watching. I think.
0: Yeah, and it's it's good that Sheamus won. You know. Yeah, and there'll be another match, and it elevates Seamus as well. So, I mean, like I said, no problem with the two people, no problem that they wanted, you know, that they put these two together, just not
2: the way that they've done it for me. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, uh, Now, next match. Now, this is another situation where we need to talk about where, you know, outside influences, people on social media are getting angry at this competitor for a perceived lack of care in the ring. Uh, perceived lack of awareness and a lot of danger. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Asuka took on Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. It ended in a double countout, uh, which kind of protects both women. Uh, No loser, but no winner. So it leaves things open for another match. But there is a lot of talk that Nia Jax should not even be in a situation where she was wrestling uh, live on a pay-per-view. huge stuff on social media after uh, Nia Jax injured Kyrie Sane on an episode of Raw recently by slamming her head into the uh, steel steps and giving her a r- real laceration. Actually, it was quite a dodgy dodgy uh, injury. Real-life injury as well wasn't a work. It was a genuine injury. Nia Jax has got a bit of a reputation now for hurting her uh, co-workers. She, of course, well known for punching Becky Lynch, square in the mush, which I know worked out in the It work oh. They
1: work out for Kyrie. You never know. <laughs> Could come back
2: and be absolutely unbelievable. But. She could, but you know, she's also her Ember Moon who has not returned. She's also hurt, um, I think she hurt Bailey at one point as well. So, where do you land on this, lads? Because Nia Jax is at the start of her career seems to be full of promise, but it's coming out now that she only had a couple of years in the performance centre. She's hardly a veteran by any stretch of the imagination. Do you feel that putting a woman like this on national TV in front of millions? Injuring her co-workers is a smart move. Connor, I'll start with you. Where do you land on this niggas question? Do you know what? It's such a shame because I like the
0: character she portrays. I think she's good on the mic. I think she's got all the hallmarks, but when she gets in the ring, I can't watch. I watched through my fingers. I, I genuinely do. I messaged you boys in the chat when I was watching. I said I actually felt screamish because mm-hmm. it just doesn't look safe. No. That bump Kyrie took.
2: I felt sick. I actually felt sick. Well, she did not have any choice in the matter. No, just, she was going straight. There was no, nothing Kyrie Sane could have done at all. I,
0: it, and it, it, I, I don't like watching it anymore, Andy. I don't like watching her in the ring because I just fear for whoever is on the other side. And when she's throwing around Oscar in that match, the lack of care, like she just lets go and they just go flying and she forgets, but she almost forgets how big she is. Yeah. She's so much more powerful than most of the people. Well, Pretty much all the people she gets in the ring with. And it, it honestly, it's such a shame because, like I said, I like the character she, she portrays. I think she's great on the mic. I think she's funny. But I can't watch her in the ring. And, and that is a big, big downfall for me. I don't know if you, boys, if you boys agree with me, but I just think, honestly, it makes me feel screamish when I watch her.
2: Rob, um, Nia Jax, as I mentioned, she she isn't a veteran. She only had a couple years in the performance centre before she was thrust onto NXT TV, and then very quickly uh, went onto the main roster, uh, started on Monday Night Raw. Some people are saying it's because of her family. Of course, she is part of the Aniwahi wrestling family, which, you know, The Rock, Rikishi, Roman Reigns, all the Usos, all these guys, Tamina, all these wrestlers that are seasoned veterans who have honed their craft. People are saying the only reason she's got the spot she is and the lack of training is because of who she's related to. Do you think that that has a part to play, or do you think that she was just rushed because of... How her her look is different to everyone else.
1: Well, at this current point, I would say who else do you have face Oscar for the title? There aren't many serious heels currently on the Red Brands. Charlotte's, well, she's lost her NSC title now, but we've seen Charlotte Oscar a few times. They always produce brilliant matches. Shayna's disappeared. I don't know where Shayna Bazer's gone now, because it didn't really work out for her, to be honest, because she. We she did the Elimination Chamber match, went to Mania. I think we all agreed that she I didn't think she was worthy of beating Becky. Lost at money in the bank. We haven't seen her since then. I imagine now that the fact that there was a double count out means we will probably see that match again, whether that be extreme rules or further down the line. Yeah, it, it doesn't it's not a pretty sight seeing um some of the stuff she does. as Connor said, I'm a huge fan of her on the mic, she's a brilliant heel at times. But no, some of the moves, they're, they're too much. She, she could seriously injure some people because at the end of the day, they're all small in comparison to her, especially Oscar, who is very
0: small. And, and you look, you, the record, like you said, Andy, you know, Becky, Bailey, she injured Bliss as well, Kyrie Sane, that's just off the top of my head and that's, yeah. that's four or five people. You know, you look a bit further back and she's probably got off with a few as well. Sure. It's just, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's... She relies
1: on power because she can't... I I remember I watched a a brief stint when I watched Total Divas and she was scared of going off the top rope. She can't do stuff like that. So all she relies on is power and chucking them around the ring. But as we've seen, as you mentioned in the record, she's got some wrestlers seriously injured. Another one with Kairi Sane, and I fear for Oscar as well. I don't want Oscar vacating that title because Nia Jax absolutely destroys her in a match. I, I will not be happy. Because I'm extremely glad that Oscar is champion. I think we all agreed that she was the right one to um, be given the title following Becky's departure. And I will not have Nia Jax robbing her of that because she chucked <laughs> her against the turnbuckle or something.
0: But that the worst thing is the worst thing is you see it, don't you? You see it and you just think, oh, like some of the injuries, like you read up later on and you go, oh, they got injured. I, I didn't see how that happened. But you just see it, don't you, with Nia Jax, the way she just... Throws them across the ring without a, th- a care wherever they land, and it's just oh horrible. Yeah. horrible. Uh, it, it should
1: be worth it. Someone, someone just needs to tell her, just to get, get the performance, sort your act out, and just tell her, <laughs> face to face, you're going to injure someone. Well, you've already injured someone, you're going to injure more people, and she sort your act out. It is extremely dangerous some of the stuff she does.
2: I mean, sending someone back to the performance centre that is, especially for someone who's been on the main roster for so long, that must be such (laughs) a hard pill to swallow. (laughs) But someone has to take accountability, someone has to say you need to go back there and hone your craft (laughs) because clearly you're not doing your job. Not doing
1: your job as well, Andy. And she's been chucked back in the deep end. she's been on television a lot since she came back. And she's the first
0: challenger to Oscar already, so. But is that because the lack of women's division? That I think
1: it on? is, perhaps the lack, because I remember you said Connor when it was the triple threat to the side he was going to face. her. it was Charlotte who was NXT champion and Natalia. No offense to Natalia, but she's she's not I don't know how she to got face, that game. You know, she's not going to. So it was obvious who it was going to be. So there are a lack of women heels, especially who could face her. To be honest, and that's probably why we're going to see it again because they don't know who else to pair with Oscar at the
2: moment. No, I, was, I would have suggested Shayna, like you mentioned, Rob. But you know, because she had that little mini feud with Natalia where she kept getting the better of her, and since then that? nothing. nothing. Not since not? then yeah. nothing.
1: I think they they, I think they messed up a bit with Shayna.
2: I think
0: I read. I think, yeah, I, I don't know how true the reports are, but I read that um, Shayna was a, a Heyman pick, and now that Heyman's heading out, they're saying Bruce Pritchard probably won't her as much as, as well,
2: from what there. I've heard from what some sources have reported, uh, Vince isn't a big Shayna fan. And if you know anything about Bruce Richard, is that he is Vince's right hand man and has been for a long time. So, I, think, I, have, to, I have to say, I, I'm not a huge Shayna Baszler
1: fan. When she joined, when she came on to Raw I wasn't really invested. And she's a, she's a scary woman, but I don't, I just don't, she doesn't appeal to me that much. Something about the character that I just don't really feel has the. Legs, and they're more talented wrestlers on the brand
0: than her. Also, can I just mention Bianca Belair as well? Yes, absolutely. Came on, came on, annihilated Zelina Vega, and just been off, been off since. I'm
1: guessing (laughs) there's a there must be reasoning for that, and she.
0: I'm a big fan of hers, I think
1: Vince Vince is a big fan, isn't he? Well, oh, you sure. only got a look at the
2: Royal Rumble this year to know that they're clearly ill on her. I mean her performance yeah. in that we were talking about yeah. the podcast after the Royal Rumble and we were all singing her praises after yeah. her performance. It seems strange that they haven't done anything with her recently. I know the Viking Raiders and the Street Prophets who she was associated with have their own little thing going on, so she doesn't really fit in. I'll still keep her on T V, but no, I guess we'll see. We'll but, see, yeah. Tune into yeah. Raw. Uh, the next match was for the Universal Championship. This was uh, Braun Strowman taking on Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho, ho! ho. can you love that, don't you? You're, you're Miz and fan. Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho! It's quite catchy. Yeah? I remember you start when it when first came. Hey, you start saying, I was like, no, they're you know, it. they're entertaining. They're entertaining. They, they are. are. They really so, are." This feud has been a bit of a jokey feud. You know, a two-on-one handicap match. They, of course, did the whole trashing the car thing. They tried to get him in goob, ended up getting Kayla Braxton. (laughs) I love that. I thought that was brilliant, that part. My only question to you is that, do you think Braun is being taken seriously as Universal Champion as of yet? Do you think now he needs a real serious feud to come off the back of this one? This one has been quite jokey. And then don't forget, we've got Otis in the background. He's the jokiest character of all. He's, of course, Mr. Money in the Bank, winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, a month ago, so you know, is Braun on the teeter line between being a serious champ and a joke champ? Because at the moment, there seems to be a lot of comedy around him, which I don't know if there should be.
1: Well, at the end of the day, he uh, he has the title mainly because Roman Reigns has disappeared off the face of the planet. Yep. realistically, Re- Reigns is going to have that title, and they had to chuck Braun last minute, which none of us had an issue with. You touched on it, Andy. He's a huge fan favorite, and we've been crying out for a while for him to be top of the tree. Um, obviously, had the match with Bray at Money in the Bank. They planted the seeds that The Fiend will appear at one point. And I would hope to think that we will see that match, The Fiend versus Strowman, whether that's SummerSlam or fair in the future. But it's another situation, Andy. There's not many people who weren't already interviewed that that could, could have faced him at this pay-per-view. Really, see many heels on the brand.
2: No.
1: I don't. I was. I don't mind the Miz and Morrison thing. To be honest, it was. It was harmless. It was nice to take a few. But it, leave it there. We don't. We don't need to see any more of it. But I wonder. You look at it now. Maybe possibly get Sheamus having a go at him. Maybe possibly someone like that. And as you said, I don't think he should have these jokey storylines. He's a. He's an absolute monster of a man. And as yeah. he's lost so much weight, and he's got better and better. And I hope he doesn't just drop this title as soon as. Roman Reigns reappears, which is always my there, but no one knows when Roman Reigns is going to come back. I suppose which is the main thing. But so
2: it's safe, I suppose, which you know I think is understandable. But they have kind of erased Reigns from history. You know, very little do they mention him. It was it was actually made a point on oh, social media and various reports so they have not met. They don't mention him. They really do not mention him. They have always put him in packages. There was even one where it was a package for Seth Rollins in his history of his career, WrestleMania thirty-one, where he won the WWE title after pinning Reigns at Mania uh, in a match when he was cashing in his money in the bank, he actually edited out the uh, stomp to Reigns. They made, they made it Brock Lesnar who was also involved in the match. He actually pinned Reigns, but they didn't show that bit. It was just things like that. It's like why why are you editing that out? What was the point of that?
1: Well, I can imagine it doesn't sit too well because at the end of the day, for the last few years, and it hasn't sat well with the fans. He's been handed title opportunity after title opportunity, and then he decides, you know what, I don't want to compete at WrestleMania. I yeah. can't imagine that would sit too well with Vince McMahon. I cannot imagine
2: that. But we have to remember the reason why. The reason why is that this man is recovering from having leukemia oh, okay. twice in his life. So the dangers of competing were possibly too much for Reigns and his family. So I, I can sympathise. I mean, Connor, do you think that, that if you were Vince, how would you feel? I mean, your performers have got to come first, surely. I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you, Andy. But he pulled out
0: very late from yes. memory. And it was all set and he'd already been told that it was going to be indoors and he pulled out very, very late. And I think something like that probably wouldn't sit very well with Vince McMahon. I think he would have felt almost a little bit betrayed going, well, hang on a second. I totally understand. But you knew that this was going to how it was going to be for a while. I personally don't have a problem. And and I saw someone mention it on Twitter. Now that he's gone, it's opened the door for a lot of other superstars, which is quite nice. It's quite nice to, to see that. Going back to Braun, <clears throat> I don't really have an issue with it because it started on the dirt sheet and they both basically called Braun Strowman out and Braun Strowman basically turned around and said, listen, I'm the universal champion. I can beat two of you. If anything, I think it, show, I think it highlights the strength of Braun Strowman that he can beat two very good athletes in Miz and Morrison. And now that's done, you can go back to having a serious storyline. Obviously, he did have a serious storyline before with, with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. They had their match, obviously... Bray Wyatt was uh, with Jojo now and she's had another baby. So, obviously, he had some time away from the show. So, he wasn't then able to be at this pay-per-view. So, now you could potentially go back and maybe The Fiend now, because, obviously, he only beat Bray Wyatt, didn't he? He didn't actually beat The Fiend. So, maybe yep. The Fiend could return and then that could be the next thing. And then maybe you could chuck Otis in the mix in there as well. Although, I'd like to wait until... Like, thing, like, there has uh,
1: to be a live audience. Uh,
0: come back, and, yeah. come back for that one and obviously with Baron Corbin now you know chatting to Mandy before in their match maybe that would be something for to take Otis sort of out of the equation for a little bit he can have a little thing with Baron Corbin and beat Baron Corbin or whatever blah 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 bring Tucky in on that and sort of maybe park that a bit to let Strowman have another storyline but listen I'm happy that he's Universe Champion I was happy with the match Okay, I'd get your point, Andy. Now, if they started, if they went back and I mean, Lucha House Party came out and were like, oh, we can beat you. Do you know what I mean? Then yes. I might have a little bit of a problem if they go jokey again. But I think as a one off, I don't think it was too bad.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and now, before,
0: oh, go on. Sorry, before we move on, yeah. what do we think about Miz pulling Morrison off Strowman when he was going to win? Oh, yeah, that was
2: true. I
1: don't want them to turn, turn. that, was, that yeah. was
0: a three count as well. Strowman was yeah. out. I don't.
1: I don't want them to try and split them up yet. I don't. I don't I, I'm. I like them as a duo. Don't get me wrong. Like they've split up numerous times. I don't want them to split them up yet.
2: No, I, I agree. that. I think
1: they but, work well together.
2: I think it was also just to reinforce the fact that both yeah. characters are heels and what what are heel's yeah. known for It's being greedy. You know, it's being yeah. untrustworthy, slimy. So I think it made sense. Um, yeah. you know, whether we mentioned, I'm not sure. Hopefully they'll mention oh, so. it because it would seem pointless not to. But, um, yeah, it did I bring know. back
1: some dark memories because obviously remember the last handicap match Strowman had at elimination chamber. I was, I was a bit concerned. I was like, they're not, they're surely not going to go down that route again. I think we all are, aren't we? I think we all were thinking that. But, at one point. but no, I'm quite content with well, it. There are a few people. Why, why can't even? I I keep drawing back on him Why can't even have like someone Cesaro and build him up? They've had a good match in Bourne, but now Kim and Kinskay like, are tag
0: team now. So typical SmackDown though, a random tag team match and they beat the champions. And it's just <laughs> like <laughs> what? Yeah,
2: so this, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's I, I, still I, some uh, parts that need improving. <laughs> in I thought Cesaro thing. and Nakamura were sort of finished now, but all of a sudden well, they, they, know, lost
0: they just beat the tag yeah, chance. Yeah, they're
2: tagged. D- hey, they, oh. Who got pinned as <laughs> oh, well. Kofi got pinned.
1: Kofi
2: yeah. gets pinned oh, fine, Andy, because he'll keep I've getting nothing like it. Why can't Big E take one pin? It's not hard. Just give him the pin. If you're going to make him lose, this time last
1: year, Kofi was the face of SmackDown, and now he's
0: getting pinned. It's just fine. Before he mentioned it as
2: well, he was like, Kofi was WWE champion. I was like, oh no. No hand just did it. I know, bless him. Anyway, moving on from one world title to the other, the WWE championship held by. Drew McIntyre, Connor is repping the merch, I can see as well. Very nice. Drew McIntyre t shirt. Um, before we get into this match, uh, I'll get your thoughts on Drew McIntyre as champion. He, of course, um, won the title at WrestleMania uh, behind closed doors. Um, Rob, I'll start with you. Drew, um, how do you find him as WWE champion thus far? Is he doing a good job? Legends. No, no fault. He's, he's unbelievable. I
1: love Drew McIntyre. He's, he's, he's run as a face. I think he's done brilliant, to be honest. The crowd's on his side. I I would have him hold that title for a long time. I'm not having what they did with Kofi and just have him drop it on SmackDown when Brock Lesnar decides to turn up again, yeah. which I don't think would happen as he's beaten Brock and kicked out about five F5 F5s anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't see how they'd be able to happen. But no, I think he's done a flawless job as a face. To be honest, he's entertaining. His finisher is one of the most brutal finishes, probably my favourite finisher on um, the WWE. Yeah, he's done nothing wrong and he's been given... I didn't. I've I liked this view. The Seth Rollins one was uh, was alright. I didn't really understand it because Seth lost at Mania, but it was another case. I think there weren't many heels that could actually face him. Nah. But I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I, I love what they've done with Lashley. They're not having him get married anymore in the main event. They've actually turned him into a proper beast, which is probably what he signed up for when he rejoined yeah. ball back in twenty eighteen, saying you're going to get world title matches where you're going to be an absolute beast, and he tested Drew McIntyre role to the end, and obviously it was um, stupid old Lana coming out and being an idiot, to be honest, that kind of played against him in the favour, which builds on that storyline, to be fair, as well. So We'll,
2: we'll come back to that. Um, Connor, just quite on from what Rob said about Drew, I mean, you're repping his merchandise, so you clearly are a fan of what he's doing, now?
0: The best, Andy. I, I, the best is, is what the crowd want. I love it. Get him, get him in front of the live shows. Yeah. The yeah. pop when he comes out. You can see you can see the chemistry he has, even with the with the superstars who pretend to be the crowd. It's it it's just it's brilliant. And I think when you get a live audience in there, he's fantastic. And he should hold it for a while. He is mm. dominant. You saw, you know, all the moves that Lashley was doing on him. Kick out at one, kick out at two. I think the closest he got was when Lashley speared him. And then one claim will bang. Mm. And he defeat he defeats his opponent. I think he's brilliant. He's calling out Tyson Fury, he's calling out all these people saying he's the best champ around. I love it.
2: Keep it going. Good stuff. Uh, now, speaking of the, the match itself, Rob, you very much mentioned it. Uh, Drew did win um, with a little help, not intentionally, from Lana, who is Lashley's storyline wife. Now, I'm, I'm all for MVP, becoming a manager. I think there's yeah. a good dynamic there, because Bobby Lashley, we all know he's not the best promo in the world. Okay? He's not okay. a particular at that. MVP is. Lana, oh, I want her to go away now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, really I, I'm sick it. of it. I, I think it's flogging a dead horse. That storyline is over. Rusev has been released. So there is nothing that needs to pair those two They're together.
1: Everyone remembers the wedding. She she needs to be in the picture. She's married to Bobby Lashley. You can't but just have her aside. I agree. I think, I think you don't need it. I think the pairing of Lashley and MVP on its own is fine. But I think. Perhaps in the back of their mind, they need Lyon just to be there because it was such a big thing when that happened, the wedding, that you can't suddenly just chuck her out of the equation, which I wish they really could. But I understand entirely what you're saying, Andy. Do you wish she
2: would just go away? Do you think, Connor? because now that that was a Heyman creation, that whole storyline, do you think that now that he's gone, do you think they're just going to think, right, that's that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it has to
0: go. It has to go because it's just, it's just so silly. It's such a stupid storyline. And then you look at also how it affected Rusev, who is now gone, and Liv Morgan as well. It also, it also ruined her return because now she just, no one can really take her that seriously. Be there, no. and then she runs around and moans and and holds on to Lashley. Hopefully, this is this is the beginning of the end for it.
1: Uh, her. Just spear her. Just spear her. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> huge on men on women violence, but I think to make Lashley the complete badass full package, he needs yeah. to get rid of her because I yeah. think. dead and th- I'm Lina, hoping that's
1: what they might just do. He would just yeah. tell her, you might just go away. Leave It's, me alone. it's yeah. the only
2: thing preventing him from becoming that monster heel that he's always been primed yeah. to be. And as for Lana, I mean, bring it down. Which MVP is bringing out of him now. Yes. So. He's,
1: doing, he's doing a good job, <clears throat> MVP. Exactly.
2: They tried it with Leo Rush and quite in the way it hoped, they hoped it would. irritating so. little shit, wasn't he?
1: Lashley. Lashley. Oh, he God, irritating.
2: right. He got MVP, as well. MVP's
1: got the experience. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. comparing, yeah.
2: A word on Lana, though, because after this storyline uh, ends, hopefully soon, um, her husband's no longer with the company. You know, that's been a, 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 her M.O. since she signed with the company. She's never really been a wrestler. Every time she has wrestled, she's been slightly ridiculed because be she's not great. Um, a character hasn't really evolved in these years other than a, an accent change, which seemed out of the blue and ridiculous, but there it is. Yeah. She either needs to be rebooted or released, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, after this storyline, what's left for Lana? Did she really become a wrestler because if she is, she's not going to be a top, top superstar. No chance. I'd, I'd release her. Personally. I think she should go.
0: I think yeah. she should walk. She's, she's got enough modeling contracts and social media influencing. I think she'll be okay. I don't think she needs this. Yeah, she's she's not the best in the <clears> ring. <throat> really Brutal, but I think she'll be. To
1: be I I feel there they let people go who are far more talented in the ring than she is. Sure. Probably been kept predominantly on the yeah. way she looks. To be honest, to be frank, that's probably the the main reason.
2: Well, I think a bigger reason is purely the fact that she had an ongoing storyline. Yeah. And now that that's going to come to an end and her husband's no longer there, I'm thinking, what's left? So, yeah. Head okay. the door. Unless
1: Rusev just comes back, because there were talk of them bringing some of the ones they let go back. But yeah, I,
2: I,
0: I, I mean, look well, like at Kurt Angle. I mean, Kurt Angle, and he got released yeah. and then he's refing a match on NXT. Drake Maverick got booted off and then he got offered a contract right at the end of the tournament on NXT. So, they've used yeah.
2: him on a few of them. Drew Gulak as well. He's he's made a Drew slight Lack, return, yeah, yeah. so yeah, we'll we'll see on that one. I uh, wouldn't hold your breath on Rusev, but I think he's quite happy to be out. But we'll yeah, see. Nah, yeah. uh, next, then the, the main event, lads. The, the biggest, you know, the greatest wrestling match of all time. That's what this match was built as. It was was Edge taking on Randy Orton. Um, really bigs up. They brought, brought legends in to have their opinions. Ric Flair's talked about it. Shawn Michaels has talked about it. Kurt Angle has talked about it. Everyone's weighing in. On whether or not this match will be the greatest of all time, greatest wrestling match of all time. I think we can all agree it was a very good match. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Best on the card. Best, actually, some could say. Um, I, I put it second to Daniel Bryan versus AJ on SmackDown the past week. I put it second in terms of the pandemic setting matches. Yeah. I think it was probably second best. Of yeah. um, all time? No. What's your thoughts? Connor? I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think of the match? And where does it lie in your, your favourites? Ah, put perfectly, Andy. I think
0: in terms of pandemic matches, it, it was very well put together. I loved this sort of fake crowd noise. I actually really yeah. enjoyed that. I thought it would be a bit naff. And when I first said it, it was like, oh, this is a bit naff. But I thought it actually worked. I thought it was quite good. Uh, the different angles, as, as Rob mentioned, <laughs> on the turnbuckle cameras. But as we know, our good friends at AEW have been doing that since it began. But I also like the aerial shots that they did as well. I thought yes. that was really cool. cool. I like that they were bringing in different finishes. Like Edge did the rock bottom. Uh, Randy Orton did the pedigree. I thought they were really good. And I loved the ending. I loved how Randy Orton had to bring back the punt to finish him off. Because that, you know, we used to watch it, Andy. And oh, yeah. The punt basically got taken off air because it was hurting people's brains, basically. <laughs> he was doing that yeah. one. So I like that he brought that back. And I liked how Randy also hit that blow on Edge to get out of that submission, which did look a bit low because that is just total heel MO from Randy Orton. And then whispering in Edge's ears, saying at the end, go back to your family, go look after Beth and the kids and say say that Uncle Randy said hi. I mean, all of that stuff is is just fantastic. But no, Andy, it, it for me, it's nowhere near the best wrestling match I've ever seen.
2: No. Um, Rob, now this, I assume, I might be wrong, but I assume this is going to be a trilogy of matches based yeah. on the fact that Edge won at WrestleMania, Randy Orton has now won at Backlash. I'm thinking perhaps SummerSlam, there could be a, tr- a final blow off, and it probably will be purely because of, as Connor brightly mentioned, what Randy said at the end. He didn't say, you know, thanks for the match, see you kind of thing. It, it was very much, he still was still being a heel and, you know, trying to insult him and getting riled up. So, yeah, do you think there's going to be a third match? And if so, who should be the final victor?
1: Uh, I think there will be a third match. It should be in front of a live audience, in my opinion, really. Well, we would like to think it will be in front of a live audience. And you would imagine, just because of the return and the story arc, that edge will come out on top come the end, which should probably be the right decision. Going back to the match itself, no, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match of all time, but I touched on the beginning, that was the draw of the pay-per-view, they've got to find a way to get people to come and watch it, and they did that. And it was, it was a very good match. But Using the other people's finishers, do you not think that shits a bit on the others? Because they literally just kicked out of, like, the pedigree and rock bottom. Do you not think that shits a bit on them?
2: I know what you mean, but in the confines of the match, I think with finishers, it's often, you know, that the wrestler who presents the finisher, who performs the finisher, um, they have perfected it. So, therefore, they when they that's do it's it. less likely to kick out. So, you know, when Stone Cold hits the Sun, it's different to when you know, someone, yeah, okay. someone else will do it. When someone else hits the rock bottom, it's different to when the rock will do it. Uh, so, I think that's the general consensus. Because let's not forget, for example, Jake the Snake Roberts, who is with AEW at the moment, his finisher was the DDT. And no one ever kicked out of the DDT because it's the way he did it. Whereas everyone kicks out of DDTs now. It's just like a common move that yeah, everyone okay. does. So, uh, I agree with your point. Does it devalue it? Perhaps. But when it's not the actual performer, doing it, I think it's, it's okay. It's more of a, a tribute to from yeah. the all-time greats, you know, The Rock and, uh, and The Undertaker and all those. It made me laugh when um, it was
1: Byron's shock when he kicked out of an RKO and I was like, so many people kicked out of <laughs> Roman Reigns kicked out of them on a daily basis so don't sit there and act so stunned as if it never happened.
2: Yeah. Byron. Well, that's why yeah. but That's why I think he had to bring back the punt, like Connor said, because otherwise, oh, yeah. if he pins him on Arcao, it's like, um, you know, everyone gets, you know. The punt brutal yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. The really punt really well almost killed Vince man back in 2009, I think it was. So, yeah, it was nice to yeah. see. Yep. It. I think it was
1: 2013. People were saying on Twitter was the last time he used it so fair play. Wow. Edge's neck has been put through the mill in these matches. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm It needs to hold up. But yeah, I think that we will see another match, I would imagine.
2: I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware, lads, but the match itself was, as you imagine, because of the, the fake crowd noise and all that sort of thing, it was actually pre-taped and a few spots were redone. During the first part of the match, the, the first run-through, if you like, where it was all filmed, uh, Edge was fine, they finished the match. I think... What I've heard is that they wanted to redo a couple of spots just to tidy them up slightly, and I think it may have been on the RKO off the top rope. Edge yeah, yeah. actually has torn a tricep. Oh, yeah, is he? So Yeah, he, I he might be out for a little yeah. while. Um, what do we think of that? Do you think that that's ludicrous? I mean, yeah, they, they, I think they made him redo a spot and he injured himself quite badly. A torn tricep. Oh, he injured, was not he injured something-
1: himself on the redo, so they did it again. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: They, yeah they, so they finished the match. As you know, when, when Edge finished the match, when they did the punt thing, everything, he, he was all fine. His arm was okay. Um, but when they actually redid one of the spots, they edited it back together, he, uh, he, tore, he tore his tricep. So he could be out for a while.
1: Well, I suppose that gives it time. For the live audiences to come back, because at the end of the day, it doesn't need as much building up as other feuds, because it's Randy Orton versus Edge, mm-hmm. and fans will I agree it regardless. It's a draw regardless of how much build up there is. So the debate is quite stupid if they had to redo a spot on themselves. But I don't know why they. Well, that was a good idea.
0: But I agree with Rob. I mean, you look at this build up to Backlash. Both of them were barely on TV, really, were they? Yeah, they it wasn't appeared, much. like once the odd week and then they had legends talking about it the other weeks and they didn't actually didn't wrestle between so yeah. and we were still really excited for it so they can easily keep it going well,
1: in the period between money in the bank and the rest, maybe we didn't see either of them there was, there was nothing about the two of them, and then it was after Money in the Bank that they both returned, and we were exactly. going to have this match at Backlash, so I don't think that's too much of an issue, we'd give time, as I said, for live audiences to return. So we will see another match, If that, they're not going to leave it there. Yeah, one that's one great. all oh, It's a draw, yeah, I, I don't mind seeing it again. They've had two class matches, so I'm interested to see what happens in the last one. You've had your last man standing the greatest wrestling match, don't we really know what they would do for a last one. Hell no in, in the cell maybe, yeah. A steel yeah. cage where a proper steel cage match, if they're gonna do that. Yeah. Not where Randy Orton somehow escapes through the cage door or something. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. A yeah. no. A proper steel escape. Cage match where they tear each other apart. Absolutely.
2: Now Oh, yeah. It's been a long time, but it's time. The return of the big, as I've asked, butt quiz, which I'm sure you're all very excited about. Um, it's been a while. I mean, Connor, you, you at the start of the series, you, you were winning the lion's share. Rob couldn't get licking. But near the end, Rob, Hello, right? you were turning the tables. Very impressive. Uh, as for these questions, they're not. Um, Backlash exclusive. They're more of a look back over the months that we have. Now, don't worry, Connor, they look back at the (coughs) months that we have missed from the show. There are some mania questions, a money in the bank question, and then there's one that you complete together. Uh, So, are you both ready? Yes, very good. Okay, question one. This is for Rob Edwards at WrestleMania. Who was the final 24-7 champion of the night? So, who left WrestleMania with the... title? Oh, was up? it Rob... Bronkowski? Correct, Rob. Well, very Ronkowski. good start. Yeah. Well done, Bronk. He actually left WWE after signing to go you play He's not
1: champ anymore, is he? It? It's our no, I, I lose
2: track. I, I lose track. I really do, but... Yeah. But no, correct, Bryce, right, you are. One point. Connor, question two. This is for you. the Money in the Bank match, during the match, both women's and men's together. namely one of the non-wrestlers who made a cameo appearance. Paul Heyman. Very good, indeed. That's, that's what you could have had. Also, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Bruce Prichard, Doik the Clown. Correct, one point there. One all out, here we go. Rob, this is your final individual question. After winning the Universal title match at Wrestle, oh, excuse me, the WWE title match at WrestleMania, who did Drew McIntyre face immediately after in a match that was broadcast the next night on Raw? Oh, big time. Correct, Rob. Well done. Thought I might have undone you, but no. Very good. All right, Connor. This is to tie the Biggest uh, I've Lost Club quiz. There we go. Question four. In terms of games which the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits have played, which of these is the odd one out? Golf. Basketball? Swimming? Or bowling? Which is the odd one out out of them. Mmm. Which one did they not
0: do? Oh, I see. Which which game did they not do? Yes. They didn't do swimming.
2: Correct,
1: Connor, Well done. Well we done, If We would boys. remember Ivar in a swimming pool, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Conor would remember if Ivar was in a swimming pool. Very <laughs> good point.
0: Ivar. Good You're then. cute. The, everyone finds Ibar
2: cute.
0: Jessica Carr this time. No! <laughs> how not they find these women?
2: Connor, do you think he's cute? I do. I do. <laughs> Very good. That bottom, how could I not? <laughs> right, this one. This is a true or false question which, which uh, you'll need to agree on answer and uh, answer together. Here we go. True or false, boys? Bailey and the Street Profits are the only champions in WWE, that's the main roster who have held their titles since before WrestleMania. Is that true or false it's just Bailey and the Street Profits? Yeah, I think it
1: yeah, is. Yeah, it is
2: true.
1: Yeah. yeah I think you're right. Final answer? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think, I think, it think it if he's tried to catch us out, but I don't see how he could have.
2: Correct, boys. Well done. Very good. That was a hard one. I thought I'd give you that one, but no, you are absolutely correct. Those are the only two champions that have held their titles. Since- was it aliens? Big profits. Big profits. Big profits. Won theirs. Oh,
1: before Royal Rumble, did you say? No, 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 no before Mania. Mania. Oh, before Mania. Seth oh, Rollins. Oh. oh god, yeah, I confused. I thought you said before Royal Rumble. So I no, no, that. no, before Mania. Which actually wasn't that long oh. ago, but yeah, long time. it wasn't that long ago. They have changed a lot since then.
2: So. so there we go, boys. Thank you very much, and thank you to all our listeners as well. That concludes season three, episode one of Monday Night Raw. Have you enjoyed it? Has been nice? I know we're not in person. We're not in the usual studio. Uh, we're doing this virtually. But, you know, have you enjoyed yourself? It's been nice to talk about wrestling again.
1: It has been. It has been nice. Wrestling has kept me going. But it's the only thing that's been on. We will have football returning this week, which is, of course, a boost. But wrestling has been there throughout this hard time. And it was a, it was a pleasure to be able to discuss with you boys again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back. And I'm glad we could, we could work it out. Uh, just so our listeners know that next time we will touch on AEW, as we were very... Yeah. Very WWE heavy on that. And I will also be giving you an update on NXT because I'm a big NXT fan at the moment. And after TakeOver in your house, I'm very happy with some of the title changes. Big up Io Shirai, who should
2: hold that title (laughs) for a while.
0: So very happy about that. But we will focus more on AEW next week.
2: Brilliant stuff. So we thank you very much for listening. Uh, Wherever in the world you are, remember to stay safe. uh uh, look out for each other so thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time